0: I said to the kid, it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit. And keep moving forward, how much you can take, and keep moving forward. Get up. And don't ever give
1: up.
2: You know what it's like? You're at the top of the hill and suddenly there's a whole new view you hadn't imagined from the bottom. You realize you can now see beyond the horizon. There are other hills and mountains. There's a whole new world out there waiting for us.
1: What are you going to do? The
0: Eagle by Lord Alfred Tennyson crag with crooked hands close to the sun in lonely lands ringed with the azure world he stands the wrinkled sea beneath him crawls he watches from his mountain walls and like a thunderbolt he
2: Hello and welcome to The Journey, Your Radio Show, hosted by Neville DeAngelou, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. Our story is less about the running, more about the people we are becoming. It's about the impact of a coach on my life. It's about strategies I've adopted along my journey. It's about growing into the person I want to be. My name is Adi el
1: Coach Castillo is one of a kind, first off. He's, he's incredible, and if you've had the privilege of running for him, you know what type of guy he is. So you kind of have to get to know him a little bit. I remember first day of practice, summer before freshman year in high school, I show up, you know, I go over to him, he just looks at me, who are you? Just kind of condescending, i like, oh, Ben Havy. You know, it didn't matter. And then just kind of as I got to, to know him more throughout the years, and... The team started to do better, not that that mattered, but it was just, we were just so, so close. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to get to hang out with him a lot at TK's wedding this, uh, this past fall, and it was, you know, it was like we were right back in 2006, nothing had changed, he's the exact same, but he is probably one of the most passionate guys I've ever met. Um, he, he wanted success for the team and for each of us as individuals almost more than we did ourselves. It was just, if you had a good race, and you got to hug Coach Castillo afterwards, you just know how good of a feeling that was. And if you didn't have a good race, you know how bad of a feeling that was to be around him, to get a little bit of a cold shoulder, you know, because he's training you right, you should be running right. So I, I really enjoyed everything uh, that we, we got to do together. I, <laughs> I was a student of his once, and that was, that was quite the experience. He, uh, he picked on me every day. That, I'm just going to say that.
0: So, we're taking this journey. Here is the thing. What we need to get us up our extraordinary hill is not the same as what we'll need At the top of the hill. What's more, what we'll need at the top of the hill has to be carried up the hill. So what if we arrive atop the hill ill-equipped? In other words, what if we did not bring along the necessaries for our new environment, the new landscape? What then? Let's step aside for a few seconds and engage in a meaningful retrospective. Like the guys in our story, you two probably have a moment in your life's experience that stands out way above the rest. You might have a few. Even amongst those, one just seems to jut out above the others, right? Right? It is the kind of moment that changes everything, whether for good or bad or neither. It is the moment we came alive. It's an awakening. Or it is the moment we died. Something or someone killed the person we knew to be us. Or ripped that essence of personhood out and left. It is a crucial moment. A critical moment. It changed Everything. Let's take a quick peek at that moment. Here is the issue. Is this a moment of inspiration or expiration? Does the existence of this moment urge us ever forward? Or are we stuck in it, whether because we've become addicted to it, we need it as a fix, or because we died there And it's now our graveyard. What if we say we've moved on, but not really. We keep circling it, and around and around we go, small circles sometimes, large circles sometimes. We're on the move, but in circles, like wanderers through the desert. Or perhaps we are like the new Ison comet. Did you see it? And that moment is our sun. We need it for a slingshot. So why is this so crucial to recognize? Recognizing what that moment is doing to us has everything to do with our journey up the hill and what happens at the top of the hill. My name is Neville D'Angelo. You are on
2: the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books. A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicat, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So here we are,
0: enjoying a growth spur along our journey. We've had a moment of inspiration, or we're stuck in that hole where somewhere in the Abyss. If the latter, let me refer you to our two-part segment, Out of the Abyss, Into My Skin, which you'll find in our Modern Family series, or you can check out our A Donkey in a Hole episodes, which you'll find in our game section. Either way, Ari's current series is just as useful. However, if the former, you are now enjoying a growth spur, a moment of inspiration, and you're heading up that hill, then I'm sure you'll be soon acquainted with the subtleties and complexities of your private campaign if you haven't already. And I can assure you, there is a high probability you won't know exactly what is waiting for you at the top of the hill until you get there. I'm pretty sure you want it to be exciting and rewarding I certainly do, and that's a good reason, I think, to be prepared. My very dependable scout's motto, kudos to being an eagle. First, let's you and me figure out your impetus for heading up that humongous hill. So, you pick the right number. One. You've had a moment of inspiration, and you're bolting helter-skelter up the hill. Oh, boy. Two. You're heading up the hill by strength of will, a deep-down determination to get there no matter what. You know damn well that if you fall down, you're going to get up. Oh, boy. Three. Three. You're hanging on to someone's coattail. They're heading up that hill, and by golly, you're going right along. They can't shake you off. Oh, boy. Four. Someone's dragging you up that hill, whether you want to go up there or not. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Five. That's the way the crowd is headed, and you're no fool. You want to know what's up. Oh, boy. Six. Someone told you if you're left behind, you'll drown in the flood, so you'd better start heading up. Boy, oh, boy. Seven. There's a gleam in your eye. Why? I haven't yet listed what's driving you up. Hmm... Oh, boy. Nevertheless, whatever your reason, it's important to realize you'll need much more than motivation, inspiration, and encouragement along your journey. You'll need that, but way much more. Like what? Well, let's see what we can find out from the day seven boys became men. Let's meet the person these boys have been telling us about. An Apache, their coach, Tom Castillo. Karma.
2: Karma. Tom Castillo was head coach at Richard King High School during the 2005 cross-country season. Coach is a competitor and his ambition and determination helped mold the young men he coached through the years at King. Married with three children, Coach currently teaches at Mary Carroll High School in Corpus Christi. He is the tribal administrator on the general council for the Lipan Apache Tribe of Texas, which is a state-recognized tribe currently working on their federal recognition. Coach offered us some of his time to discuss his coaching years at King High School. Coach begins by offering his perspective on the team's dynamic and how we depended on one another during our years in high school.
3: Yeah, that's that's for sure, and that's one of those give and take types of things where, uh, you know, they're they're comfortable enough to say, hey, coach, you know, uh, what, what's up with this? Or they are also respectful enough to say, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing something wrong, and, and coach, just let me know, and I've got to change things. So when when that happens, you know that there's a good rapport going on, and it's that that's one of the wonderful things in culture when you get to that point.
2: I asked Coach how his coaching career began.
3: Uh, believe it or not, since I was ooh, about 16 or 17 years old, I was coaching little um, League. I had, a, I had a nephew that was in little League, and so I assistant coach and I coached a few years also in Middle League. And so I came from Robstown uh, Middle School, coached football there, but when I got to King um, High School, they were looking for a baseball coach, and I, just in passing, someone had mentioned that. And uh, I said, all right, I coach baseball. i coached baseball before, and they were looking for a freshman coach. And I said, well, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll do that for you. If you really you want know, to bind and you really need somebody, I can, I can do that for you. And, and that's, that's what it started off with. My um, first year there at King, I was doing freshman baseball. Did that for a couple of years, and I got bumped up to a varsity assistant. And I, was, I did that for about six years.
2: I continued by asking if coaching cross-country and track were what he desired and why.
3: Actually, coaching uh, a running sport was uh, really my forte since I did run in high school and I ran in, on the collegiate level, but uh, it did, the opportunity did come about. Um, the uh, cross-country coach uh, had retired, and uh, I was asked if I would uh, take that because I was also uh, coaching football when I was coaching um, baseball and uh when that became available I I uh and I was asked if I would take it I jumped on it and said absolutely that's, you know I would love doing that I uh, never in my life did I think I was going to coach or <laughs> uh, be a head coach for a cross country or, or track at that point I was just happy uh coaching the kids and, and that at the uh, you know that opened up and I just you know just by sheer luck uh, I was there and, and uh I got, I got the job there at King High School as a cross-country coach. And later on, I uh, went from baseball to track. Once I got the head track coach, I did head for, you know, the head track and head boys cross-country coach there at King uh, up until that time that uh, I stepped out.
2: Coach placed a heavy emphasis on academics. Student first, athlete second. I asked him to touch base on this point.
3: Yeah, uh, well, it's always been... Uh, it's always been part of me of knowing that if to be a great athlete, you know, to be a champion, you have to think like a champion and you have to uh, be able to have the mental fortitude to go with being a champion. And and, uh, and the only way to do that is, is you know, to, to get in there and hit the books and study. Um, if you're going to be a great athlete, you know, you got to be a great student. They go hand in hand. Um, and so that was one of the things I really pushed, if you recall, uh, and I did that. For all my uh, my athletes, and when I became a head coach, uh, especially was that um, you know I'd push the kids to get into uh, honors programs and, and, and upper level classes, and try not to take their little uh, you know gimme classes because uh, I believe that, that 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 mental awareness, that mental strong mental ability, really pushed you through uh, during those times that um, you know when your body. <laughs> wasn't there for you, and then, you know, you can just push your way through it, and, and I'm sure you understand what I mean. Uh, hopefully, uh, you got some, a little bit of that, but that's what helped me when I was uh, when I was running, is, is that, uh, you know, mentally, I was able to keep going. The subjects you take, I, I believe, uh, really make a difference if you take a little gimme course as opposed to take a, a course that's a little upper level, uh, you know, it's a challenging, mentally challenging, and I think that Uh, an important aspect and and, and that would help athletes uh, get through, especially when they're having a time uh, not only dealing with things or or just just the physicality of of, uh, participating in an event. It's that mentality and it's all that building of the the mental strength through courses and and, and classes that I feel would help. It helped me and and I think it it, it helped uh, my athletes as well.
2: Coach, what makes a person a champion?
3: Uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, basically, it's, it's someone that's, and I would tell these to the guys, if you're going to be a champion, you can't be a part-time champion. You can't do it part-time. You have to be a champion at home with your family. That means, you know, your family life is going to be awesome. You know, your mom, your dad, your siblings, you know, you're uh, you're your, your religious or your spiritual, you have to be a champion in that. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me what religion or, or how, what your spirituality is, but be great at it, whatever it is. At school, and this goes hand in hand with the, the, the mental thing. You know, be a champion in school. Be a great scholar. You know, be, be a champion student so that, so, so that teachers know you and teachers, you know, love to have you in their class it it's it's everything you know mm-hmm. it's it's be a champion as an athlete try your best you know to be a great athlete so that, in my mind is what a champion is It's something that's a full time job you can't be a part time champion <laughs> so it's, you know that's just that's just the way i think
2: I asked about the team's leadership qualities and how those helped to overcome our challenges through the years.
3: Uh, actually, um, leadership on the team was a challenge to me because, uh, you know, simple athletes that are very competitive, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to pick a leader and sometimes the leader role changes and, you know, whether you like it to or not as a coach. And so you got to have to kind of go with it. Uh, and, and uh, that, happened, you know, uh, on a few occasions. Um, and, uh, as you audience and just get upset when when other guys uh took it on the leadership role or uh, when they didn't. And so uh sometimes, you know, things just happen have have to happen naturally. I mean, we all have these leadership qualities and uh there comes a time when they come out and there's a time then, you know, hopefully I instilled in y'all that, you know, there's gonna be a time to be a leader and time to be a follower. And um it, it's important to understand when and when when to do which one, because if not, then real bad conflicts will arise. And that was one of the one of the things that was a challenge for me, where especially when two guys try to step up, you know, to the plate, if you will, at the same time, and uh, I'd have to do something to uh, circum circumvent the situation that might occur. And so I did without letting y'all know. <laughs> Or maybe y'all did know, but uh, in any case, the things that I did to do that, I know I did it uh, sometimes uh, using media like the paper or the uh, when they came and interviewed me or the, the news, TV, I would say some things to try to have some guys step up, some guys you know, let some guys know, hey, you know, uh, make sure you're aware of what's happening within the team type of thing. Um you know, and so uh, that, that's very important. Leadership is very important with the team, and not only the leadership, making sure that uh, everybody understands where they stand and not, not not have a just situation where, hey, this one guy is here, no matter if he makes bad decisions or not. I, I never like that type of thing. If, if somebody does make a bad decision or somebody's having a downtime, if you will, hey, uh, it's time for somebody else to step up, whether it be temporary or to take over. As a leader, and that one was good about guys. Y'all were able to do that.
2: I challenged Coach a bit by asking him to name one distinct difference between the King High School cross country team we were a part of and other teams he's coached.
3: Uh, the camaraderie, without a doubt. There were times when, you know, the, 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 the chemistry was uh, was a little. You know, mixed up there, but for the most part, uh, the commodity is just uh, just awesome. It's just, it's just amazing. I mean, hey, you know what can I say? You know, we're almost uh, ten years later, and and, and then, you know, you guys are still getting together and still having you know a great time, and, and still looking each other up and stuff. Where I have had teams where everybody went their step away afterwards, and and I haven't heard from they haven't heard from each other. Um, and so I think that was a big big factor. And, um, but that was one of the reasons, and I'm sure you'll remember, uh, I knew this was just, you guys had a special group, really wanted to build on that commodity, And so if you recall, uh, I, I, uh, one of the things I did was, hey, let's go camping all together. <laughs> I remember that. I think mean, we went and had a good time, and, and, and that really brought the group together.
2: We experienced success at all levels within the cross-country program at King. Freshman, junior varsity, and varsity. With this success, I asked Coach how he was able to keep us motivated throughout the years.
3: Uh, you know, that's that's one of those things that uh, I, I that, to pushed everybody not not only all together but individually. I know that I would take some of you guys aside and talk to you, and uh, just I'd my best to let you know that you know there's there's more down the road. Sometimes the motivation didn't come from 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 me, but, but the circumstances, and I uh, have to, you know, address those circumstances. For, for instance, if you recall, when you guys were juniors, uh, you know, we, uh, I'm sorry, when you were sophomores, we had an opportunity to make state, and uh, it didn't happen. I mean, we should have. For all intents and purposes, our, our, this group, that group should have gone, and it didn't happen. And uh, you know, then I have to come by. I have to come back and try to motivate you guys. Right, the following year, hey, look, we didn't make it. But, you know, let's use that to our advantage. And so there was lots of times, not only can you use uh, uh, victories as a motivation for the next one, but sometimes you can use defeats as a great motivation for, for what, you know, there could be to come um, for whatever purpose. And so I tried to do that, you know, with you guys. And then, again, individually... Uh, I know that in the paper, and like I said, sometimes in the news, I would say something to, to make one particular athlete uh, look good in, in the paper and, and, and uh, get somebody else to hopefully wake up a little bit and get them thinking, well, let's get on the ball, let's do a little better, you know? You might recall did it happen to you. <laughs> but... Uh, that's that's what I did. You know, I used any, any means possible. You know, I talked to parents. I talked to to teachers. I, you know, the cafeteria ladies. If you remember that, uh, I would talk to them, and and then any any way possible, indirectly that I could do it. I did that as well.
2: We've talked about the team's challenges at the regional cross country races through the years, how we responded, and how we were able to pull together. Coach gives his insight.
3: Well, since you all guys were sophomores. I realized that uh, this was a special group, and so uh, that w- what was disappointing to me that year because I felt like that we we, we could have gone and we should have gone. For all intents I still feel we should have gone. But if you recall what happened that year, we got to regionals and we had like three or four of you guys sick, <laughs> you know, and that's just you know just one of those things that just happened, and so. Um, it, I, I still feel that very everything was helpful, hundred percent it would have been a problem. Um but you know, that, that you know, sometimes it's hard to fight nature. And so it was kinda of disappointing. We used that for the following year. And what was great is, is all of you guys were together as a group for the most part. And so, uh, you know, we, we, we fought those hard battles and uh, you know, we uh we cried, we bled, we you know, we laughed together. I'll never forget the uh the Del Rio coach kid that comes up to him. He's the one that beat us at, at, at regionals. And he says, man, y'all were just playing with us at regionals. He goes, man, y'all spanked us here. And I think they finished like 10th place. And um, I said, no. I said, I, said, not, I told him to be honest with you. I expected that. And he kind of looked at me. And I know you guys were real disappointed <laughs> when we got second place at regionals. And, and you know, I was, I, was, I was there with you. But, uh, and, 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 but I knew. I knew what I had done. I knew that I had won you guys. And if you recall, we ran even through Friday. Um, and so um, that, that's what was in the back of my head. I needed to get you guys ready for, you know, for the state for the, the following week. And, um, and so, you know, I, 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 I had the confidence that you guys, GIs, can do that, that you guys could pull it up. And you guys were fighters. Of course, anybody's going to be nervous going into the state meet. This was our first radio, but still, you know, you're nervous. And uh, as well as we did throughout the season, I, I, you know, I kind of felt that, was, you know, people were gonna be looking at it. But now that we, uh, we lost um, re- regionals, you know, it's a little burden really that's off of this. And, and, and across the state, it was the same way. When I talked to coaches, and I talked to uh, you know coaching associations and stuff, and they're like, and, and the newspapers and, and all of that, they're like, okay, well, it looks like you know. Proscriptive Kings out of the picture. You know they they got second place. It looks like they're going hill because it's often times cross country teams will, will peak at the wrong time, and so it was like okay they peaked too early, so they're you know out of the picture, and the, and so we weren't really looked at as very much of a threat uh, at that point, which was fine with me. <laughs> you know don't, don't look at it that way then. Uh, well, it worked out. You know it worked out for us. You guys got very well rested you know your your, your your mental state was there everything worked for it so uh you know in the end um you know it was a close one but but we uh, we, we pulled it out
2: you are on the journey and it's time for our question of the week
0: our question of the week is this Do you consider yourself to be a champion? If so, what five characteristics identify you as the champion? Do you consider yourself to be a champion? If so, what five characteristics identify you as the champion?
2: Coach decided to step away from coaching after the 2005-2006 year. It was tough for everyone, him, the athletes, and the parents. He describes his decision.
3: Well, to be honest with you, <laughs> uh, I was going to um, step out of coaching the year before, to be honest with you. And I had talked to some coaches, and I had, we had someone assigned to, to take over for me. And, and I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and stick with these guys. I'm going to stick with these guys, for, you know, for the next year. I don't remember if it was the year before or two years before. But anyway, um, I said, no, I'm going to stick with these guys, man. These guys have been good to me. and I don't want to do that to them. And so uh, I say that it was it was kind of a personal reasons, you know. Uh, I don't mind letting you know now back then. Um, it was uh, a situation where you know, I, you know, my kids, you know, had uh, granite, coal, and stone, and they, granite, and you know, they were in middle school and in elementary, and, and uh, I felt that you know I needed to spend time with them because coaching time from you, and so I, I did feel one of the reasons was with children, you know, um, I, I needed to spend time with them. It was, it, was, it, was, it was, you know, cross-country, cross-country, track, 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 cross-country, and then, you know, hardly ever had time for my children. And they were growing up in there, and they were in a critical age where I felt I needed to spend time with them. That and the fact that uh, a, our tribal group was, was, was just now forming the Latinx tribe of Texas, and I was still on the council. I was a mid-trader for the Levanoff Educational which I still am, and that really took a lot of time, and so I, I just, I, I just, uh, you know, something had to give, you know, and and then, and it, it was, it just so happened that uh, we had one state, you know, and so I was like, okay, a good good point to finish on here. I can always come back, you know, and 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 I had planned to. Someday, and actually, that day is here. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm looking at uh, possibly next year or the year after to try to get back into coaching. Uh, and uh, in any case, uh, I have you know my children around now in college. Uh, I'm I'm fixing to, to to get out of the uh, the general council and the tribe. Uh, been there for a while now, so I'm I'm looking to, to get that uh, taken care of and and passing that on to someone else in the tribe. And uh, so I've got more time on my hands now. And so uh, I'm really, really itching to get back in, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, whether I, whether I, we win a state title or not, wherever I'm at, I don't know. Uh, am I going to try to get to the state title? Uh, I, it was my intention to lose state title. It was always my intention to make champion. You know, and you can make a champion without winning the title, but usually if, if you make a champion and if you make champions, you know, they're going to get you there. So, uh, again, uh, if, when I get back in, it's not going to be, hey, I'm going to win a state championship. Yes, that's going to be one of the goals for the team, but me personally, it's to make champions.
2: I asked what kind of advice Coach Castillo would offer to other coaches who were looking to reach similar success at their respective levels of competition.
3: You know there's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects to it it's like uh, in that book you know it takes the like, place well, so to, to make champions you know Your pet have to be there you your your staff at your school has to be there of course the athletes have to be there you have to have the support from as a coach your staff, perhaps you know the support has to come from everywhere. Uh, And and so you have to build those reports. And so, you know, it's not just one single area. There's a lot of areas. And then, of course, there's the athletes that you have to think about and work with and and things that happen on a daily basis and make decisions. Uh, uh, It's hard to pinpoint one thing or maybe a couple of things. It, It takes a lot of work. As a coach, all I can say to other coaches is, it's going to take a lot of work, and you're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to be willing to do the work and not, not be part of it. Just like I expected my athletes to be checked. I had to be a champion. You know, I had to go out there and, and, and do everything that I could possibly think of to get things right. And so a lot of things you got to work with, a lot of things you got to work towards, a lot of people you got to work with. And so um, there's really not one thing I can pinpoint, you know, uh, or, or maybe even just a few. There's gonna be a whole bunch and uh, you just gotta, you know, open yourself up to it as a coach. You gotta open yourself up to everything, anything and everything that could possibly happen or you need to possibly do to, to get things right. And, and so uh, it, to me, everything is important. I expect my athletes to be champions, so I have to be a champion.
2: Coach offers what he remembers most of the young men he was able to mentor and coach throughout his years at King High School.
3: Oh, that's a tough one because um you know it's it's one of those things that um they they all mean something to me uh all of you guys you know I love all of you guys and um. If there's one thing that I can think of, I can't, um, because you know, everybody was different. I mean, everybody, you know, was was. I remember everybody in different ways. Um, you know, I, man, I'm sorry, I, I I can't come up with one underlying factor that makes you know think about everybody, every. You know, every team was just the chemistry was always different. The the, the runners were always different, the, and that's one of the big challenges. You know, is, is that I'll I remember every one of you. I mean, I, I go through pictures and oh man, this oh I remember this guy. Oh, this guy did this, and I can still remember it clearly and vividly. And um, but I don't know. I, I I guess the love you gave me.
2: He continues and touches base on a few memories he still holds on to.
3: The seasons that, that, that passed with you guys is just incredible. It really, it really is, both during track season and during the cross country season and, and during the off season. You know, I, mean, I remember some great stuff that happened over the summers during the you know, off seasons. You know, I think somebody brought a a kitten on, on one of the runs and and you know put him in my car. Uh, you know. And all kinds of things happened, and uh, it was, like I said, it was just one of those magical times. And uh, it was just, you know, great chemistry.
2: Rescuing a kitten and forcing him to adopt the creature, putting his car for sale when even he didn't know it, and cracking jokes are all fun memories with Coach. With all the stories, I have a feeling there's one moment he knew it was all worth it. Coach discusses the tie at the Texas State cross-country meet.
3: I have a have buddy coaches, and, and one of them got into the results. <laughs> Pulled out and and uh, an unofficial result, mm-hmm. and for the most part, ninety nine percent of the time, the unofficial results are going to end up being the, the 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 results, you know, and it's not contested, mm-hmm. and they never going to be contested. Well, at that point, that's when he he had asked for results sheets uh, and said, hey. You guys tied, and I said what? And he, goes, and he looks, he's looking. Wait, he goes, he goes, and <laughs> I never forget it. He says y'all want it, and I said want it. He goes yes, y'all won on the tiebreaker, and when and he said won, it finally dawned on me we were state champions, uh-huh. and um, it, <laughs> from then on, <laughs> it was just I just went ecstatic. I was elated, and the first person. I, I saw was Ryan's dad, and Ryan was the tiebreaker. Mm. And I was—I mean, I think I jumped on him and, and kissed him and, and, and hugged him, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, then I went to go find Ryan. And I said, well, I grabbed him. I said, Ryan, we won, you know. And I said, thanks to you, won. Of course, I wasn't thinking. Okay, it took all the team, mm. but I was in my mind. It was like, okay, you're the sixth runner. Mm-hmm. The only—the only time his place counts is when there's a side. Mm. And the, the, the winner is decided by the sixth runner. Mm, yeah. And so that's what was going to my mind. And I'm like, oh, I hope, hope those other guys didn't think I, 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 you know, like they didn't count or anything. <laughs> In my mind, it was like, okay, you're the sixth runner. We did it because of you because you, you know, you stepped up to the plate. Right. A of times, the sixth runner, you know, hey, he just has to be there because, you know, for the most part, 90, 99% of the time, they're not going to count. All right. <laughs> And, and, and but, but he ran his little behind off, and it was because of, you know, because of him. Because he did that, because he didn't slack because he trained hard and was a champion that we won.
2: Coach Castillo always stressed the importance of not only the top five runners, but all of the runners on the team. The way we captured the state title shows just how important every piece was. Now that he's looking to get back into coaching... Look out world. <music> Neville and I mentioned a few successful strategies you might find useful. You'll find the in-depth details in the Rat and the Alley Cat. They are called the Seven Steps of Sven, guideposts for your journey. Step one, know what you want. Step two, Understand why you want what you want. Step three. Set your GPS to your destination. Step four. Own your limitations. Step five. Find your sweet spot. Step six. Enjoy the journey. Step seven. Stake your claim. Collect the booty.
0: Thank you, Ari. Thank you, Coach Castillo. You can find the Rat in the Alley Cat, as well as the Hunk I Dreamed, each ready for your digital devices, each for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, available this very second from Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So you're headed to the top of the hill. Perhaps you've arrived. You're at that top of the hill, enjoying the panoramic view. Now what? Take a look at that eagle. Notice anything? That's what we'll discover in the next episode of the Day 7 Boys became men
3: the journey is available free on iTunes
2: blog talk radio Rio sports radio and several of your favorite internet platforms download embed and share via any of the social media you love
3: thank you for listening see you next week